Hi, everybody. It's Maryam Goldberg continuing the Six Constant Mitzvot. And I'd like to start out with a tefillah. I entreat you dearly. Help all Yidin and among them me. I put my trust in none but you. I hope to no one but you alone. My help will come from no one but you. Without your help, one cannot even step over the threshold of the door. Without your strength, one cannot even move. I rely on no one but you. Your mercy and kindness are without measure. We bonus all. We depend on you each and every moment. And every step we take and every move we make. When things are, heaven forbid, difficult and also when they go well. We bonus all. I entreat you dearly. Help me guard my eyes and properly weigh my speech. Let my heart be bowed before you. May all my deeds be fitting and proper. So yesterday we spoke about purpose. We said that we have to we have to focus on the fact that Hakadosh Baruch Hu created the world for a purpose, and that is part of the Anochi Hashem Elokecha. And Hashem created us for a purpose, an individual purpose, ultimately to bring about the best Kol Shemaim that we can, as the Ramchal calls at least Anagal Hashem. And we said that zooming out of our lives and really trying to look at the full picture, at the complete picture as much as possible. Obviously, we're still in it, but we're able, hopefully, to then be able to see and to identify different particulars of our life, different experiences, different milestones that we went through that really brought us to where we needed to come to, despite the fact that perhaps while we were going through those challenges, those misiones, those particulars, we really weren't sure, or they really seemed to have an opposite effect of what we thought was told was good, and really we have to know that we don't understand a thing, and that's really where the Amuna kicks in. I was just speaking to my husband about this this morning, and I was saying that around a couple months ago, maybe even a little bit more, we had a huge delegation that came in from the States. I work for an organization that has its headquarters are located in Washington, D.C., and they have a subsidiary nonprofit organization here in New Shaline. And so they, the parent organization, the parent nonprofit, sends us delegations of U.S. politicians and very high-caliber um, types of uh, business people and politically affiliated personnel, and we give them a five-star tour here in Eretz showing them what the country is all about so that when they go home, they're able to make decisions, educated decisions on matters relating to Israel. So a while back, we had a huge delegation that came in, and many of our staff were working nonstop, and unfortunately, work with quite a few uh, personnel, quite a few staff members who are not Shomer Shabbat. And they literally, when I say worked around the clock, was they worked around the clock and the Mossag 24-7 was very real to them. And as I was computing their payroll and processing the payroll, I had a Shaila and I was wondering, am I allowed to compute their payroll for Shabbat? And by the way, by law here in Eretz Yisrael, if an employee works on Shabbos, first of all, it's illegal unless you have a special permission to do so. And then once you get the special permission, you actually end up getting paid double, believe it or not, for working on Shabbos. And it always bothered me so much. Getting paid double, you should get paid deficit, not double. And so I had a Shaila and I asked my husband, am I allowed to actually process their payroll, pay, getting, uh, paying them for, for work, which was done on Shabbos, obviously, work, not pikuach not, uh, type work. And so I asked my husband, and he said, yes, you're allowed to practice it because you're not actually the one paying it, it's the organization paying it. 
I still feel very guilty about it. And it kept on bothering me when I thought about it, and I thought to myself that really, HaKadosh Baruch Hu teaches us that when you keep Shabbos, that is the Makkah HaBracha. And here it was. I was seeing so clear, black and white, that when you work on Shabbos, you get paid double. It bothered me so much, and obviously that is where my amuna kicked in. And I said, okay, we really don't understand anything, and Hashem has his kishbono, and we can't actually see if I if I could see that the outcome would end up being a negative result, a negative outcome from working on Shabbos, that would be under the category of Yudhiya, of knowledge. This had to end up in the category of Emuna. Emuna is, I believe that a Kaddish Baruch who is giving schar forever keeping mitzvot and only giving onesh to those who transgress mitzvot who perform Azeru. And so this was my Emuna. And I said to my husband, now, Looking back, I see, just imagine if those employees took those extra funds that they earned from working on Shabbos and invested them in the stock market. Guess where that money went? Down the drain. It is non-existent. And not only that, it caused them heartache and headache, double heartache and headache, because first of all, they had to work extra hard that week because they worked on Shabbos. And they were not zocha to the beauty and to everything that we know that we are zocha to on Shabbos, that the neshama is b'sumcha on Shabbos, and the guch is b'sumcha on Shabbos, in connection to HaKadosh Baruch they were totally, completely disconnected. And not only that, now they are experiencing heartache and headache because they lost that money. So here it is. Hashem is showing us, it's not really an end of the story, but He's showing us yesh din v'yesh dayan. Everything in this world is measured Everything has a cause and effect, and the Kaddish Baruch Hu is running this world in a very, very exact manner. And that is our Amunah. And when we spoke about purpose, yes, there is a purpose to everything, and a purpose in our lives. And even if we can't see how things come together at the end, we know that everything comes together. And that is our Amunah, and we can glimpse, take a glimpse into our history, into our national history, into our personal background and into our child, childhood and growing up and then getting married and into our own personal lives and really be able to come to that conclusion, to come to that recognition. So in, uh, in this book that I'm giving over from, The Six Constant Mitzvahs, so he really wraps up this chapter with the practical amuna exercises, practical applications of Imuna. So perhaps I'll just wrap up with them and then hopefully we will be moving on to the next of this, uh, the six times which is it is one of my favorites and we are going to really view it from a totally fresh new perspective. So wrapping up the Anochi Hashem Elokecha is number one. How do we apply this practically? One, talk about Imuna. So the more that we speak about and we spoke about this, the more that we speak about Imuna, the more that it becomes ingrained in us and the more connected that we, be, we become. And davening, we said the more that we speak to Hashem, the more that we daven, whether it be from a sitter, whether it be with our own words, is also very, very powerful. The second is sacrificing for Imuna. And an example that I'd like to bring up, a practical application of this, is something that happened to me just the other day. I knew that I had a meeting at 9 o'clock in the morning and I knew that my boss would not be happy if I was late to this meeting. This was a Zoom meeting and I knew it would make me a little bit of a bad impression and I was in the middle of davening. And I debated. Here it was. I was in the middle of a conference in the middle of an Israel. 
should I cut corners with my tefillah? Should I perhaps even daven faster than I normally do in order to get there on time? Or perhaps daven at my regular speed, get there a little bit late, know that no one was going to say anything. It wasn't an earth-shattering meeting, and it wasn't as if I was the one running this meeting. I was just a participant. But and that being said, perhaps my boss wouldn't be so happy about it. And I made an active decision to sacrifice your family. And I said, Hashem, I'm doing this for you. I'm taking extra time that I need, that I usually take in tefillah, in order to daven the menuchas in order to daven the way a yid should daven, and not cut corners in my tefillah. Why? Because I know that Hashem is running the world, and I know that nothing happens without Hashem decreeing it. Should I have gotten up a little bit earlier? Perhaps, after the fact. I had to believe that this was men of Shemaim, and that I knew that if my boss would think about me like this or like that, positively or negatively, it would be in a Kaddish Baruch Hu's hands. And so that was really my sacrificing for Amunah. Another tactical application that I thought of for sacrificing for Amunah is Lashon Hala, is guarding our tongue. Shmir is Halashon. When you're at work and you know that if you say something, it's really against the Halachas of Shmir is Halashon, and you decide to bite your tongue, and not to speak up and not to say anything because this is what halacha dictates. And it could be that you're jeopardizing a promotion or maybe jeopardizing a raise. And you know that ultimately this is only in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hands. That is sacrificing for Amuna. That's huge. That's tremendous. And what about maybe you were insulted by someone and you decided to bite your tongue and to hold back and not to say anything to whoever it is, a friend, a relative. Why? Because... You know that it's also that is also sacrificing for Amuna. So we have all these different opportunities and think about it as such. And this is building up our Amuna Nakadash Baruchu. The third practical application is using wisdom to build up our Amuna. And we say, said that it's a Lida as Hashem. It's really learning Hakadosh Baruchu to Yachal. If we could use that Lashon, this is a Lashon that I speak about through my series, is that learning Hakadosh Baruchu means becoming closer to Him through the ultimate Chochmah, which is the Torah. So it, yes, it is continuously learning. It does not suffice to just learn when you're in elementary school and perhaps high school and end off with that. We are constantly growing the, way, the same way that we are aging. We also need to age our wisdom and our understanding. It doesn't happen on its own. And the fourth practical application is the Shivisi Hashem the Nagdi Summon. When we are cognizant of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's constant presence in our lives, we make decisions based on how they will affect our relationship with Him. Among other benefits, will teach us to shun attention and not seek human recognition for our spiritual accomplishments. So we're constantly thinking of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We said, really, the Shivisi Hashem the Nagdi Summon is all-encompassing for the six constant mitzvot. The fifth that he brings down over here is talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that we sort of included in the first practical application when we said speech, because the Ruach Mamalala, the purpose of the Ruach Mamalala, Koch of speech, is in order to connect with so speaking at Amuna and speaking to Hashem. And the last application is really Bitachon, and this is a totally different topic, which means Hashem, I am opening up and I'm starting a new workshop in Bitachon and Tshila next week, Tuesday night from 8.45 to 9.45. It will be a call-in or Zoom if you have access to internet, you can actually see me, and if not, you can always call in. Anyone who's interested can email chizukseries, that's one word, chizukseries at gmail.com or, or call Bima Gershanowitz regarding the sign-up for the series.
Okay, in the meantime, wishing everyone Hatzlachalaba, B'Shalot Tavos Tatu.